Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Okay, well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. We are bright and early here in the morning, so thanks everybody for, for tuning in. If you're with us, it's about 6.34, so this is probably the earliest that we've had the uh, Must Read Alaska show, which we're pretty excited about. The reason we're doing this very early is because we have a double header today. Um, I have a very special guest today, one of my favorite uh, representatives, uh, Representative Ben Carpenter. But before we get into that, I do want to say a couple things on the front end. First, I want to thank Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. They have stepped in and been the main sponsor of kind of our new show format. And we are uh, very grateful for, uh, for them because they help spread conservative news all around Alaska by being the sponsor of the show. So thank you so much, Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring this show. Um, and thank you everybody for, for tuning in uh, over the last two years that we've done the show. Uh, we are very fortunate to have a pretty large listening base all over the US. And so whether you live in Alaska or live in Florida and you're tuning in, we want to thank you for, for tuning in. It does mean a lot to us. It's, it's, we do this for folks like you that listen in. So thanks so much. Uh, but today we do have representative Ben Carpenter who represents uh, Nikiski and some other parts uh, of Alaska. And, uh, you know, I get the very uh, awesome opportunity to have him as my representative and he has done a phenomenal job down there in Juneau. He's somebody who's kind of held the line for, conservatives and and um, not went to Juno and done opposite of what he said he was going to do when he ran. So we are very grateful for him that he uh, ran on a simple platform of being a conservative. And that's what he's done down in Juno. Um, it's it's no frills. We know we got to get out of Ben Carpenter. He does exactly what he said he was going to do and and his votes prove it. And uh, so we're very grateful to have folks like you, Ben Carpenter, and thanks so much for coming on the show today. Ben, you're on our segment, our new segment that we do uh, called Five Questions. And then I changed a couple of the questions up just for you because we have a very unique situation that we're faced with uh, possibly today down there in Juneau. So I, I uh, want to give that heads up to folks that are listening that a couple of the um, questions that we, we switched up to will kind of illuminate what's happening in Juneau. So uh, first off, Thanks so much, Ben, for joining us. And uh, do you want to tell us just a little bit about uh, who you are and what you represent? Uh, because, uh, you know, there's folks that are listening here that don't even live in Alaska, don't know who you are, and uh, may not know uh, what, what district you represent. So give a little intro, if you will. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind uh, introduction. Uh, so... I represent uh, one of three districts that are on the Kenai Peninsula in South Central Alaska. There are three uh, basically broken up north to south and I represent the Northern District and the communities that, 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 uh, that lie in that district are uh, from the 
east side uh, Nikiski, where my residence is, um, then along the the highway system, uh, Sterling, uh, Cooper Landing, Hope, Moose Pass, Seward are all the major um, areas that uh, population centers, if you will, or census designated places in some cases uh, that that I represent. And I was first elected in 2018 uh, to the office. So uh, a couple of years of experience here. Nice. That's all you need. We're, we, uh, we, uh, we're grateful for your time uh, that you've served here, and we hope that you stick around for a while longer. So the first question is this, let's just dive right into it, is what got you involved in politics in the first place? Uh, this, these stories are different for everybody, but I think they're very interesting. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think if, <laughs> if uh, we were looking back on history and uh, kind of chrono- uh, using chrono- uh, time, chron- chronologically figuring out what what made me tick? Um, my earliest memories in in school uh, were of government classes. That, that's what I I remember. I really loved history classes and government classes, and I volunteered to be the the senior class president of my high school. I was we did a mock convention, and I was involved in that mock convention during school. I was. Uh, applied and was accepted to go to Boys State um, in, the, in the state of Alaska when I was young. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's always been on my kind of my interest level to participate in our our local government. That's awesome. Um, what what uh, to dive a little deeper in that question? Just because I I think it's uh, interesting to hear what what was it that made you put your name on the ballot? Hmm. Well. <clears throat> Timing was one of them. Um, the, the, probably the main reason is the uh, Mike Chenault, uh, who had been uh, serving in this uh, serving our community in this seat uh, previous to me, had uh, decided to step aside mm-hmm. and uh, pursue other things, and, and it opened up um, the race to others that that wanted to participate. And I was retiring from the military at the exact same time, and it just seemed like a perfect opportunity. I felt led to do it, and the rest is history. Here we are today. Well, the current landscape, my at least my my impression of the current landscape in the Alaska State House is a uh, what I would look at as a um, if anybody's watched the show Dance Moms, that's how I picture the drama that's happening in the uh, Alaska State House over the last several years. Uh, sometimes they haven't even been able to organize for you know three months, two months in. And it's, it's been a little bit of a cluster, and that's a very nice way to put it. So what's your take on it, Representative Carpenter, in terms of the political landscape in the Alaska State House? Um, you're in the thick of it. Give us a little peek under the hood. Yeah, so the politics in Alaska is not unlike what the politics in the House is. We're, we're a fairly divided population within the House or within the, the state. And that's no different in the House. We are, and then frankly, in the Senate, as a fairly divided, uh, equally divided um, representation of political philosophies from the left to the right. And so that we see that um, it plays out in, in who gets to maintain power or obtain power at the beginning of the session. And that power struggle has gone on for two set two uh, legislatures now and delayed our forming of a government. Um, I, I guess. 
you know, and I don't have a frame of reference for other legislatures. I've never served in another state's legislature, so I don't know what kind of drama goes on. I, I imagine since we're all human and <laughs> there's drama in every single legislature, right? I just, you know, I, I wonder if when we consider sending people to the legislature, are we considering that it's going to hurt us in our own community when we send that person? And I, and I mean that in sincerity. I, I say, if you're going to, if it's important to send your best and your brightest, then those folks are already doing something that is valuable and their absence at the local level is going to be felt because they're not there anymore and you've sent them to the legislature. So, you know, in, in some respects, you can't expect varsity uh, play out of junior varsity players. Sometimes you send somebody and they, they uh, spend some time on junior varsity and they learn and they, they grow and they step into the role and, and are able to perform at the varsity level. Some people don't that they, and I'm not meaning that in a dig way, they just, they just are going to be junior varsity players. And so I think, you know, when we're looking at elections I and mean, they have consequences, let's make sure that people we're saying are capable of, of playing at a varsity level of, of, um, you know, subjugating their, their personal selfish interest to the, the needs of the state. And I think that's important for people to keep in mind. Well, and it's, uh, you know, even a deeper point to that is, you know, it begs the question, where the heck, you know, we don't need to go into this, but where the heck is the Alaska Republican Party? It's ridiculous. You know, like the other team is planning out the next <clears throat> 70 years of domination, <laughs> like, you know, planning every nook and cranny of how they're going to beat their opponents and how they're going to change the voting landscape, you know, with ranked choice voting and you know, we're sitting here in our Republican convention arguing over stupid rules that nobody cares about. And it's yeah. just a, um, I would love to see the Republican Party more move more towards practical strategy on a grassroots effort, as opposed to lofty rules that zero people care about. And, well, uh, and I, I was very surprised when I jumped into politics in 2018 here at the state level that the that the really what's happening through the process is controlled largely by the local party um, people who participate, right? And I was surprised that that's that's a handful of people, maybe maybe two dozen at the, at the outside most yeah. in in my community. And so if we want to see, and this is, I mean, it goes for the legislature, it goes for everything. If if we don't participate in our processes, then those people who do are the ones that are are calling the shots. They're they're the ones that are making it happen. So if we want to increase our our um, effectiveness, then that means people with talent have to show up and participate. And whether it's local government or whether it's the political process, the, the party system, or just getting organized, I don't. It doesn't matter whether you call yourself a Republican or some other party. You can't do this alone. I can't do it alone. I have to have teammates down here that are like minded and work together to get stuff done. And um, it just takes good talent to do that at all levels. Yep. And, you know, shout out to our two Republican uh, women's groups on the peninsula. They they're like rock stars and uh, they help out. And and um, anyways, uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's also interesting to see um, that again we don't have to go into details with this, but I do want to just show people that you don't have to run a campaign 
like everybody tells you to. And if you're interested in figuring out what, what, what do I mean about that, just go take a look at how Representative Carpenter ran his campaign the last two cycles and won. He, he didn't necessarily do the things that everybody else does um, and was able to you know, sweep the rug with his, with his victory. So um, nice work on that. So the next question is this. So there's, there's uh, rumors and uh, uh, propaganda out there, maybe not propaganda, but at least rumors that uh, swirling around that, uh, that there is going to be or is currently a new mask mandate in Juneau, which I just find hysterical because, you know, we're two years into this thing. We're, de- we're over it. You know, people on the, um, our kids don't have to wear masks to get school in the Kenai Peninsula Borough. Nobody's wearing a mask to any, you know, nobody for the most part is wearing a mask to any sort of grocery store. There's no, there's never been mask mandates at large on the Kenai Peninsula Borough. And I just think it's hilarious that the, uh, the uh, controlling party for the state house in the, in the state of Alaska, they are more concerned about these stupid mask mandates than they are about balancing a freaking budget. And that's so frustrating for folks like myself who look at this and just think they're just, you know, focusing on such the wrong thing. So talk to us a little bit about this new mask mandate. There's a couple of you yeah. that kind of stood your ground. Why'd you stand your ground and, and what's to come of this mask mandate? Yeah, I I decided when, you know, we got an email before we came to the floor that said, hey, um, there's now a basically an arbitrary decision that we're all going to have to wear masks on the floor. And, and I said, you know, we can't, we can't set the example for the state that every time a flare up of COVID happens, that we go back to mass mandates and lockdowns and hunker down. And we have got to learn to live with this um, virus and for, for as long as it's with us. And that, that means we don't stop doing what we need to do. And somebody needs to set the example. And that's, that's where I'm at. I, I think that part of the issue is getting lost in the, the messaging here. Um, it, with the majority party, the majority caucus having members out and that they only have a very slim majority, that means that they really can't do what they need to do without coming to my caucus to get things done and they don't wanna do that. And so it's a very convenient thing for them to point the finger for the speaker to point the finger at me and say, Oh, Hey, you're not wearing a mask. I told you you need to wear a mask. So I'm going to shut everything down. Well, (laughs) if I was to put a mask on and go in and sit on the floor and do her business, we would be shut down anyway, because she's not going to allow the minority to call the shots with our numbers. We're going to gavel out after she gets done what she needs to get done. There is no way that she's going to allow us to run through amendments to the budget that the minority has offered without her caucus members there to prevent the passage of those amendments. And that's the larger picture of what's happening. We'll see this whole crisis of of mass mandate go away when she's got 21 members on the floor. It'll just magically poof, go away. And we won't have to deal with the masks anymore. It's it's a smokescreen. So for those folks that are listening, I got Representative Ben Carpenter here talking about the new mask mandates uh, in Juneau. And what you just heard from Representative Ben Carpenter's mouth is basically we have dance moms happening at the Juno level. And this has nothing to do with people, the, the Speaker of the House, being concerned about folks getting COVID. All this has to do is 
the Speaker of the House doesn't have enough votes to pass the things that she wants to pass. And so instead of gaveling in and doing the business because the minority that Representative Carpenter is in um, probably has all their folks there to vote, instead of gaveling in, she's thrown this mask mandate out because she doesn't have enough people there to pass the things she needs to pass. And so instead of blaming, if, instead of looking at the majority and saying, why aren't you guys there to you know, do your job? Now she can look at these three folks in the minority and say, why aren't you wearing masks? So what, what's yeah. your, what's your, I would, I would, just, I, would just cor- I would, I would just correct the record just a little bit and say that there are people who have tested positive representatives who've tested positive and are going through the process of, of uh, getting healthy. And I, I'm not making light of that. I, I myself have had um, the infection and I, it took me down for a little while. I got better and now I'm, now I'm back to doing my job. And I think that's the experience of most people within the state. And, and I'm not insensitive to the fact that people are suffering um, an illness right now. That's, that's not the concern. I told the speaker that if, if, um, if we're really concerned about the health of folks, then what we ought to do is recognize that both um, elected members and their staffs are out right now. Then let's, let's take a pause on the legislature for whatever it takes for healthy and then come back all it takes is us to agree to to waive the rules pot so we've got a rule that says we have to be in in session uh, on the floor every three days well we could waive that rule and then stay out for six days whatever it takes so that we're all back here to do business but that's not that's we're not working together to make that happen and that would be the more mature response rather than some arbitrary rule and it just is, it's it's not uh, a mature way to <laughs> run state government. So you know, every time we have a flare up of of COVID, we're going to go through this process. I, I just it's nonsense. So are you going to keep? Uh, you don't have to show all your cards if you don't want to, because it hasn't happened yet today. But do you plan on just staying the course and not uh, wearing a mask, even if it comes down to her having to physically remove you from the chambers? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to wear a mask. I, I've made that intention clear, and uh, I don't think that she's going to remove me from the chambers. I think that is, um, it gets uncomfortable for everybody. It doesn't look good. And the, re- the reality is, is that we went through the prayer, we went through the pledge, and if we had just given it another five minutes, we would have passed the budget bill across and been done. Yeah. It, it, it is insane that, that she stopped the session exactly when she did because it literally would have took us another five minutes and we would have been done. And, uh, you know, I like, I like what you said to kind of clarify, because it's not like, you know, I can only speak for myself. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, people get sick, right? I've been, I'm 39 years old since the day, you know, I can remember back in elementary school, people would get sick. You would stay home a couple of days, you'd figure it out and you get better. You go back to school or you go back to work and, you know, if people want to wear a mask, go for it. If they want to wear 10 masks and pink leotards and, you know, a wig and, you know, play the tuba, I don't care. It doesn't really matter to me. You could do it, you know, while singing uh, Sweet Home Alabama. I don't care. It's the minute that they try to mandate these rules, arbitrary rules to everybody else in their community, state, U.S., that I'm going to have lots of pushback 
uh, because that's not, uh, we live in America, we don't live in a communist regime. And so um, uh, I appreciate you taking a stand, Ben. Yeah, there's a real foundational level here that that, um, people are fearful of the consequences. They weren't fearful two weeks ago when they were participating in a group event. They, they thought that there wasn't any, any need to be fearful. Now, when the evidence presents itself and says, hey, the virus is still out there and people got sick, now we're fearful. So put your masks on. And I refuse to live in fear. If I get sick, I get sick. Yeah. If not, then I don't. And that's the freedom that I choose to live with. And I, I resent the fact that somebody would say, oh man, we got reasons and I can list them off. One, two, three. These are reasons why everybody needs to put their mask on. Well, that's your reasoning. It's not my reasoning. And I choose to live my life the way I want to live my life. I resent the fact that you would force me to live my life the way you think I should live my life. Yeah. Anytime somebody starts talking about the greater good, I'd get a little weary. That's how all the communist uh, regime started. We're going to do this for the greater good. And yeah. uh, so anyways, keep, uh, just so you know, you have supporters. You obviously know I, I'm a strong supporter in what you're doing, and you have lots of folks on our uh, channel, Must Read Alaska, that agree with what you and the other the other two are doing, Eastman and Kirka. And so, uh, I know it's probably going to be a tough day. And but you know, you served in the military for 20 years. Some of this is probably child's play compared to the stuff you had to go through. So. <laughs> um, the next question is this representative Ben Carpenter. Thanks for giving us a little peek there, but um, who do you look up to in the political world and, and why? Um, I think this is uh, an important question for folks that serve. You know, the, the face and the image that comes to mind immediately is Ronald Reagan. Um, my earliest memories as a child are, are hearing Ronald Reagan's um, speeches and talking and people talking about him. Um, I, not only as, as an adult, as looking back on his policies and, and um, really associating with, with his uh, political philosophies, but he was a really good communicator. And I think that's what people remember him most for is his, his ability to communicate. And I find that is essential. It's really, really important. I'm still learning how to, how to do that. But I, that is, he's one person that I, I really look to as from a historical perspective and a, an example of what a statesman would be in my own lifetime to uh, emulate. I, re- I really, that's who I think about first. Man, he was definitely inspiring. I'd look at some of the, you know, speeches he did and, and uh, he had the ability to woo a crowd. Like there is, you know, it's often uh, not seen these days, which is very unfortunate. So um, the last question is this representative Carpenter. It's really a, gives you a kind of an open table here to talk about anything you'd like to talk about. Um, is there anything else that people need to know about any bills that you're spearheading or things that you're excited about uh, that are kind of down and that are in the pipeline? Fill us in on anything that's happening in the representative Ben Carpenter world and, and stuff we should know about. Yeah. So the majority of the focus in the, in the legislature right now is centered around um, budget and spending money and largely it's not the operating budget. I mean, I know that that's the budget before us and, and we've gone through a process to get one bef- in front of us, but the the larger thing that is on everybody's mind or at least most people's mind, I think, is the capital budget that's coming through. We've got a lot of 
federal dollars are coming in, and then there are organizations outside of the legislature that have a bunch of federal money for uh, broadband infrastructure and um, sewer and water type projects. And we're talking billions of dollars. And I think that's really kind of the, the next hurdle or the next thing that people are focused on. I know that there are, there are personal legislation and personal bills. I, um, <laughs> a lot of those are moving past, but they're all mostly uh, Democrat uh, majority sponsored bills. And that's what you would expect with them being in the majority. Um, we do have um, some hope that election security, election integrity um, legislation will pass uh, this legislature uh, with bipartisan support. Um, I have reached out a couple, had a couple town halls to kind of discuss where we're at with that. And we will be in Seward on the 15th of the, this next month of April to give an update. And then the next thing that are on, on people's minds that I've been uh, kind of focused on helping people understand is what's going to happen with the next election, this ranked choice voting and open primaries. So I've done a couple presentations and, and answered questions. Just be there for the people of the Kenai to to educate themselves on what the process is going to look like here this year. It's going to look significantly different than what we did before. So if people have got questions, they can always reach out to me by email. That email address is rep.ben.carpenter at akleg.gov. And um, another way to contact me is go to my website. We created this at the beginning of the year. It's um, bencarpenterpost.com. There's actually a, um, a link there in the lower right-hand corner during the business hours. You can chat directly with um, my staff. If you've got questions in real time that are happening, if you're watching uh, gavel to gavel and watching the floor session or watching a committee meeting, um, you can get on that website and just ask a real-time question to my staff and they'll do their best to answer your question. Um, yeah, so uh, phone number from anywhere in the state of Alaska is an 800-469-3779. And, and that gets to either the legislature or the, the Juno office or the Kenai office, depending on where we're at. You don't have to know um, where, whether it's interim during, anyway, it's just one number you have to remember and it, it comes directly to um, the office wherever we're at at the time. So that's uh, 800-469-3779. So that's um that's where we're at. Um, focused nice. on getting uh, getting the budget passed, uh, having a conversation about capital spending. Um, you know, there's it's it's frustrating to me because um, you know we get focused on this dividend question every single year. If we would just follow the statute, we would have a solution and move forward. And the consequences of that would then lead us to another conversation of of what's necessary for for state uh, government. And really and honestly. I really feel that being a conversation that's talking about $2,500 paychecks, not $2,500 dividends. We've got a non-oil economy in our state that needs to expand. We need to diversify. And what can the legislature do to set the stage for that? Low-cost energy is a, is a must. So what are we going to do to make that happen? And that empowers people at all levels especially those who re rely on permanent fund dividends. If you've got an, a, uh, a better economy, then you have better jobs and you have better income. And that's what we really need rather than having a fight every year about one $2,500 check or one $3,500 check or one $4,000 check. I'd rather talk about how do you get a $4,000 paycheck, right? That's, that's what we need. 
So that, that's awesome. one of the conversations I wish we were happening instead of fighting over masks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for those folks that are just joining in, we are about to tune out, but we got uh, Representative Ben Carpenter here, and he is going to, uh, he has yesterday and will continue today to make a stand for our freedoms. He uh, is not going to be wearing a mask inside of the House chambers, which I think is amazing. I think he's standing up for the, I don't know, majority of folks in Alaska, I would say, definitely the majority of folks in Alaska that don't like health mandates crammed down their throat, uh, especially when um, they don't make any sense and they have no reason or logic to them. And so uh, we want to thank Representative Carpenter for making that stand for us. He's going to probably go through a little bit of hell today, but I'm sure he's willing to do it. And and if if uh, you're if you've listened in today at all, some of you might wonder, well, why doesn't the minority do you know do stuff? Why don't they Why don't they get bills passed? Well, it's in, it's literally impossible to have the minority. Their bills won't even come out of committee, and um, so. It, they do, elections do have consequences. This goes back to one of the first things that Representative Carpenter said. We have a couple of Republicans that ran as Republicans that now caucus with the Democrats and they handed the power over to the Democrats. And so cons conservative ideas don't have a shot, don't have a chance because of this happening. And the conservative bills will never see the light of day. So elections do have consequences for, for the folks that are listening that have those Republicans that now are caucusing with the Democrats, take a look at who you're going to get, you know, get elected this this uh, next cycle because it does it is important. It does matter, and so uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Must Read Alaska show, um, and we want to thank our sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor. Uh, because of Charlie Pierce for Governor, we're able to spread conservative news through all the nooks and crannies in Alaska, and we want to thank our listeners for helping us. Uh, become the number two ranked government podcast in the entire U.S. on Podbean, which is pretty awesome. We we just look at that and we're like, how the heck does that happen? And um, we we also are we're in the top not one percent but 005 percent of all podcasts of all categories in the entire U.S. according to ListenNotes.com, which is basically the Billboard chart of podcasts. And so we're we. Uh, every day, because of folks like you listening in, we beat out uh, major podcasts that are got the BBC, NBC, ABC, all the all the three syllable uh, acronyms behind it, pumping you know millions of dollars into it. And uh, little old Alaska here has beaten them from the living room of my um, or from my, from my son's uh, bedroom here. I'm in today, so um, thanks everybody for listening. We're going to have a show. I'm going to have another show here in an hour. So uh, tune in here in about another hour. I'm going to have one more show today, and then we're going to have a show on Friday. Um, I think James Baisden will be on on Friday. Um, possibly not, but we'll still have a show on Friday. So thanks, everybody, again. And thank you so much, Representative Ben Carpenter. Keep kicking butt and uh, stay the course. We believe in you, and we appreciate you standing up for freedoms for everybody in Alaska. Thanks. Until thanks, next John. time. Have a good day. Yeah.